Good morning and welcome Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. We are the countdown is here. We are, what, a month and a few days away from the end of 2017. Man, it was fast. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, we, we were over at, at Eric and Lori's. Ate way too much. I'm sure everybody did. You know what? That's what the, I love Thanksgiving because it's the one time where you can just pig out, <laughs> and it's socially acceptable. I mean, just eat as much as you can. We had a a backup turkey debacle. It was heartbreaking. You know, and, I, and for those of you that don't know, if you've never ever listened, maybe by accident you're listening right now. Like, what is, what is the show all about? We'll get to it. Uh, but for those of you that know, you know, I several years ago, I had the the backup th- turkey thought, and, and my wife and my kids, we all were like, yeah, that's a great, because you never get the good leftovers, you know, when you go over to wherever for Thanksgiving, and, and you know, and I tell you, you get the green bean casserole, and, uh, you know, you get all that stuff, but you never get enough turkey. And we always put a turkey in the oven on Thanksgiving. Uh, and, and we time it to where, okay, you know, we can, we'll be uh, over at Eric and Lori's for a reasonable amount of time, but then you have to go because uh, you got the turkey in the oven. Well, you know, with modern technology, you can tell the oven to turn itself off, you know. I mean, she's not a, well, I, I'm sure you probably can do it, like, on your phone now. But, you know, my, my wife, she has it down. She has the timer, and then she tells the oven, by the way, at so-and-so time, shut off. Well, it was supposed to shut off at 530. We didn't get home until a little after 6 when my wife says, oh, no. I forgot shut the oven, to have the oven shut off at 5.30. So we had a, let's just say an overdone, overly dry backup turkey that uh, my wife was, she refused to even really serve it. And and so we did not have the festival of turkey, right? We didn't have the turkey soup and the turkey in a crock pot to go along with all the turkey sandwiches all weekend long. So I know a lot of you care about that. And, yes, yeah, so the key, not only is it to have the backup turkey, but the actual most important part is to remember to have the oven shut off before the turkey is overdone. Anyway, enough about that. Our toll-free number, 800 We were not here Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, so we are back in town, uh, back in action. If you need to take care of some wealth insurance, uh, give us a call. The website at allamericangold.com. Uh, make it part of your daily routine. The, the thing is just jam-packed uh, with all kinds of information to keep you in the know. Uh, the, 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 peace, the, the peace dollars, man. I'll tell you what, those of you probably already got them after we, because we shipped them before Thanksgiving there. Wow, were they nice. Uh, I was really 
I was shocked at how nice they were. This was round two. Uh, the there is a couple people that uh, are being drop shipped from our bullion bank, uh, and, and but those are all out. Uh, the Walker half dollars and the rolls of silver quarters; those are all sold out. So I know you probably heard we're tired of those anyway. Those are all out. Matter of fact, those not only are we sold out; those are all shipped as well. Uh, so if you were, uh, the, and I, I guess I need to clarify: as long as it was paid for, it was shipped. Uh, so we are we are caught up and and ready to get going again. Uh, Christmas is right around the corner. Uh, they had the Black Friday. Which really now is turning into almost the Cyber Day again. Today is Cyber Monday. You got to give these guys credit. They are brilliant. Right? When they, they try to come up with all of these gimmicks to get everyone to buy, uh, the, the big news that I took out of all of it was the foot traffic. Retailers, there's going to be a lot more clothes. We're not done. Uh, foot traffic was down. Uh, at the mall, so people actually going to the stores. Uh, the you know again with with the online thing, it's just going to be more of the same. Uh, I expect there to be thousands of more store closings uh, after this holiday season. Uh, Cyber Monday today, uh, they're anticipating a record, a new record uh, for Cyber Monday. I think Black Friday they said five billion was the total. And I think that was uh, uh, online and in store. I think today, I think today they're expecting that to to be a little higher. Uh, but now they're saying Black Friday was now only going to be uh, down to the third busiest day uh, for retailers, at least in store. I would imagine maybe what Christmas Eve, and then maybe the twenty third and the twenty fourth. All of the procrastinators like me, right? We were in there right at the last minute, uh, trying to figure things out. Uh, we had a lot of things to talk about. Uh, we we had a releasing of the Fed minutes that was actually last Wednesday. While we've been gone, gold's been rallying. I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, gold's up uh, another seven eight dollars today, twelve hundred. Uh, let's call it. We'll round up here twelve hundred ninety five dollars. Uh, silver's up as well. Silver back above seventeen dollars seventeen oh six on silver this morning. Uh, and really, all of the the dollar index was up to almost ninety five. Now back below ninety three. A lot of it has to do with the releasing of the Fed minutes on Wednesday. We're going to talk about what was in there that has people talking. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Gold now up nine twelve hundred ninety six dollars. Silver at seventeen oh eight. A lot of it having to do with what is happening with the Federal Reserve. Obviously, Janet. Yeah, this is it. This is her last. I guess big beating. She's out in February. Powell is in. 
They have a meeting on the 13th. And this is the, uh, are they going to raise rates? Are they not going to raise rates? Uh, I think they are. Uh, I think that uh, they don't know what else to do. And now there's some doubt as to whether or not that's going to happen. If they, I guess we really got to take three things into consideration. The tax cuts, the debt limit, and then, of course, the rate hikes. So uh, let, let's start with the, the debt limit, because it's the easiest one. It's supposed to only go to the 8th of December. I haven't even heard them talk about it yet. So my guess, and this just be guessing, they're probably going to do another one of those, hey, let's deal with this in... February or March or something to that effect. In other words, hey, we're too busy. Uh, we don't know what to do. And really, when you think about it with the tax cuts, kind of like they don't care about the debt anyway. Uh, but they have until the 8th. If somehow they don't do some form of an extension, and like I said, I haven't even heard that they're even somewhat close on on raising it for, you know, when, who knows, when they raise it a, they got to raise it by trillions of dollars just so they don't have to do it every year. And I'm not sure uh, what will happen, but let's just assume that that's not a problem. If it is a problem, by the way, the government, any threat of a government shutdown, uh, gold takes off. An actual shutdown, it really would take off. I don't see that, but you don't know. Tax cuts. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I've got this feeling they're not going to get it done in time. Because they've only really got this week, this week, uh, and then next week. They're trying to get it to a vote by Thursday. Because remember, if the Senate passes it, then it's got to go back to the House for the House to vote. Because what the House passed, right, the Senate, you know, they said, well, that's great, you passed something, but we're going to do our own thing. And I don't even know that the Senate's going to get the vote. I mean, now, you know, word is, as it sits right now, you know, people that live in the high-tax states, California, Oregon, Illinois, Wisconsin, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, uh, Rhode Island, you know, all those eastern states, people are going to have their taxes go up, not down, uh, if they don't have the the deductions, what they call the SALT deductions, state and local taxes, by the way, is the the SALT deductions. And, of course, if they don't do those, then the deficit number gets even worse. right? They say, okay, well, we'll let you keep deducting that. And then, of course, the the stopping of the funding of Obamacare, the, the mandate, which would then allow people not to have to sign up, which is not very popular with a lot of people, uh, not me, but we should have never had it to begin with, but neither here nor there again. If you have to say, okay, we're going to leave that in as well, it makes the deficit even bigger. Right now, instead of $1.4, trillion, you're probably talking about $2-plus over 10 years. Then again, none of that really matters. But then Wednesday, we had the releasing of the Fed minutes. Okay, so this is the... You know, and of course, these are only uh, the the recap. This is the abbreviated. I really wish that we knew 
everything that was talked about in these meetings because they only put in here what you what they want us to see. But they released the minutes, and this was, of course, last Wednesday. And and you think about why is gold rallied uh, over the, those last few days? Remember last Friday we had that another big seller, you know, and all that fake manipulation, and of course gold just keeps roaring right through stuff. But here's what they said that uh, well they're they're a little spooked. The Fed was pretty optimistic about the prospects for continued economic growth, but expressed concerns that financial markets may be getting out of hand. <laughs> and that's pretty you know pretty tough talk from the Fed. In light, and this is the the I guess the direct quote. In light of elevated asset valuation, why don't they just speak plainly? In light of elevated asset valuation, in other words, in light of the fact that the stock price is way overvalued, right? let's just say that, and low financial market volatility, who, and really, who created that? This is their own creation. The reason why there's low volatility is nobody actually believes that the Federal Reserve thinks things are great and they're going to really raise rates anywhere close to uh, anywhere. I think everyone's thinking, hey, the most they'd ever go to is 2%, which is four hikes, which is really, historically speaking, uh, outside of a one-year period in... 2001 would be the all-time record low rate outside of the last 10 years and then that one-year period. Remember the remember way back, this is other things. This is how little these people understand things. And these people that claim to be experts and come out on the billionaire channels and tell you why you should buy equities and the debt market. And remember... The leaving interest rates at 1% for a whole year was why the housing crisis happened. Remember remember that BS? That's not why. But they said several participants, again, let's name a number. How many? Three, four, five? Expressed concerns about the potential buildup of financial imbalances. They worried that a sharp reversal in asset prices could have damaging effects on the economy. Again, the the stock market does not really represent the economy anyway, but it would definitely hurt a lot of wealthy people. They said that in the most, uh, well, I guess in their most recent look, they're starting to get worried about what it is that they created. I mean, if you believe them, if they are to be believed, which, of course, they're not, we've been in this recovery now for how many years? I mean, okay, 07, we were in trouble, 08. Let's say 09 and 010, even 2011. But we've got to be five, six, seven years into this recovery? 
allegedly. Interest rates are at 1%. Nobody's talking, you know, like I said, there are there, no one's talking that they're going to be more than 2%. And, and you think about his history and, and the lows, you know, 4% used to be unheard of. But that was crazy talk. And now they're sitting there and they're saying, hey, we're a little worried about what we've done now because, you know what, we've created a bubble. right? And, and they didn't call it a bubble, but like I said, they always say they can't see them, but they know they're there. And they worry about valuations and low volatility. And, and the fact of the matter is, is no one really believes them. And this is why the dollar is falling, because now they're starting to doubt what they've done, which is leading a lot of people to believe the Fed isn't going to be raising rates very much. And I agree. I don't think they get to two. I don't know about December, right? I, it really doesn't matter. Uh, but but uh, Peter Schiff said it's kind of like Dr. Frankenstein getting worried about the monster that he created, and he's going out to warn the villagers. Uh, Sub-Fed members uh, did indeed take a cautious view on inflation as well. Janet Yellen reflected that the view and the comments she made before the meetings even came out, warning that central banks should be wary of raising rates too fast. It's quite, it can be quite dangerous to allow inflation to drift down and not to achieve, over time, the central bank equilibrium of 2%. And, and Schiff posed a great question. Let me ask you this. Why is that bad? Why is inflation or low inflation a bad thing? Of course, we really don't have it, right? That's, <laughs> that's probably the, the biggest thing, but... You know, it, and, and I guess really ultimately when you think about the, the question, why would low inflation be bad? Because low inflation would mean things aren't costing us more. Here's the real answer. Things are costing us much more. They don't calculate consumer inflation. They like to pretend that they do, but they really don't. The inflation that they're concerned about has to do with their the the Wall Street inflation. Hey, is, is stuff costing businesses more? Uh, you know, they talk about, and really for them, you know, the biggest component missing is labor, right, which is your wages. There's no wage inflation. And you know why that's a problem? It's because they know there is inflation. Anybody that needs health care in this country knows it. Right, every single year. I don't remember the last time my payments didn't go up, right? Because I don't think it's ever happened, <laughs> and I and I and I I really don't know that they've ever gone down. College education, right? If you have kids of that age, I got a son that's a senior in high school. I, I don't know how people can afford. I really don't. You look at the price of a home. You look at the price of renting an apartment or a home. 
You look at the cost of insurance for your vehicle, right? All of these things are rising, but they say there isn't any inflation. And what they understand and know is, oh, my, if we don't have the wage growth, which they don't, eventually people run out of money to spend. And this is what is really worrying in the Fed, and you can see in their minutes, they're talking about, now we don't know if we're going to raise rates because they already know people are already broke. And when they raise rates, your your the interest on your credit cards goes up, right? So you got to pay even more. Uh, the, the car loan becomes more expensive. The home loan becomes more expensive. Everything becomes more expensive. And now we're starting to see the defaults, and we've been talking about them. These serious delinquency rates have been rising for over a year, The and those are the over 90 days. The 30 to 90 days, which is just delinquent, those have been rising for a year straight. Now, matter of fact, I think 13 straight months in a row, and, and now they're getting worried that if that breaks down, what it says, they're not worried about you. They're not worried about me. And they're worried about well, Wall Street's going to have trouble, right? This is why I said, oh, this is all made for Wall Street. The tax cuts, they're not for us. They're not. They're for Wall Street. And, and they, they think that somehow by cutting taxes of these businesses that they're going to pay you more money. They brought interest rates down to zero. Did they pay you more money? Now, same thing's going to happen with these taxes. But anyway, Pedro Radio News Hour, halftime. We'll be back. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. Presently, the United States has no official language. Yet only the clueless left deny that participating fully in American life requires proficiency in English. One must know English to read our founding documents in their original forms. One must know English to participate fully in the electoral process. On the most fundamental level, one must know English to communicate with the vast majority of American citizens. The need for Americans to be able to speak English isn't just an opinion that should be held. It is a policy that should be implemented. At present, proficiency in English is a requirement for any immigrant who wants to obtain citizenship in the United States. However, the policy organization Pro-English points out that the citizenship tests require only elementary understanding that is far below proficiency. The most incredible irony on the language issue is that institutional multilingualism hurts the very people that proponents of it are trying to help. Many schools like to segregate non-English speaking students and have them learn in their native tongue. Liberals claim that this is the best way to give them the education they need in order to succeed in America. However, the exact opposite is true. 
If an immigrant or the child of an immigrant wants to rise above the most menial jobs on the market, they must be able to communicate in English with coworkers and customers. Preventing young people from learning English in America is just like any other form of segregation in that it will prevent them from joining mainstream America and having the chance to succeed. The December 1995 Phyllis Schlafly report pointed out that this is why an overwhelming 78% of Mexican-American parents and 83% of Cuban-American parents wanted their children to be taught in English. If non-English-speaking Americans want to elevate themselves and their children socially and economically, they should learn English. If Americans want unity within our nation, they should support English as our official language. 2017 marks 50 years of the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, mailed, broadcast, and posted online to millions of Americans eager to follow her traditional conservative perspective. We continue that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com, archiving the past, addressing today's key issues, and staying alert for the future. So bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Nothing's on sale on our website. Of course, everything's on sale all the time. Uh, we don't, you know, we don't play that game, the the market up game. Uh, we leave that to to everybody else. Something weird is is happening, and I find it interesting because these Fed minutes got the market confused, right? Because there was a one hundred percent chance for a rate hike, and of course, we we've seen the dissension rising. And the data not making any sense, and the Phillips curve is broken, and and this this is broken, and that is broken, and nothing is adding up. And then you you look at Wall Street, and, and you know it's funny. I was talking to Eric on Thanksgiving, and we're for ten minutes we talked business, and then we didn't talk about that any any you know we we talk about that enough. But you know what he said? He said, you know, all of this stuff—the the, the Wall Street, the, the super high prices, and all this big confidence—he goes, you know, that's just big business and the billionaires setting themselves up for their tax cut. You know, the uh, buy the rumor and then you sell the news. And he said, gold's going to roar the day they pass the tax cuts, I, which I. Absolutely agree with, but I was thinking about how they all of these things and all these all this survey data and consumer confidence is at record highs, and then over the weekend, of course, a great time to publish this stuff is on during the holidays. I did not even know. Do you know that ten of the uh, major cities in the United States have declared a state 
of emergency on homelessness. Matter of fact, I know in California they said homelessness in California, uh, and particularly Southern California, right? Because, you know, let's face it, even the homeless know. Right, hey, it's better to be in Southern California than Northern California because Northern California gets cold and snow and all that stuff. They said that the homelessness in California is now at levels not seen since the Great Depression. Here in Phoenix, I know that on the, the Monday and the Tuesday and the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, they were still begging people to donate turkeys because they didn't have enough because they already knew how many tens of thousands of people were going to need free turkeys. And they said that the Midnight Mission, you know, that's probably, I guess, one of the more famous missions in in Southern California, said (laughs) that they were serving Thanksgiving brunch to 2,500 homeless men, women, and children. Uh, They said overall the mission serves more than 1 million meals a year. This is just one place. 1 million meals a year. They said that the homelessness hasn't been this bad in Southern California since the Great Depression. The number of people homeless in Los Angeles has jumped to a new record high, according to city officials. They said recent counts found that 55,188 homeless people living in L.A., that's up 25% from a year ago. How do they, I don't know what, do they count people in the shelters? Do they, I, I don't know how you do a homeless survey, but they do it. They know how to count it. In recent years, the number of homeless people has grown. And I'll tell you, in this town, and Wendy can tell you as well, every intersection, especially the ones where you're coming off the freeways, they've got, a, they've got the corners surrounded. Like, I, I get off at Scottsdale Road, and they have every single corner. Right here at 19th and the 101, 19th Avenue and the 101, where I go to work. They're there. They're there at Cave Creek. They're there at They're there at every exit, it seems like. They said that homeless populations where rent has increased by 18%. By the way, this is in New York, New York City, to be specific. And incomes have only risen by 5%. They said the homeless population is, and these are people, there you go, maybe this is the answer, in the shelters. This is New York City, 63,000. In 1994, it was 24,000. When Michael Bloomberg became mayor, by the way, that was when Giuliani was mayor. When Bloomberg became mayor in 2002, it was 31. And again, this you're seeing here, we're on decade number two. And whether you want to admit it or not, if you want to keep burying your head in the sand, you can't. Nothing is just stopping you from doing it. 
But you remember what it is that we've been talking about, and it takes time. But it is the gutting out of the American working class. It started with all these free trade agreements, the NAFTAs and the GAFs, and they covered it up. Then they changed all the laws to allow for all of these mega corporations, and of course that just meant what? More people out of work. And then, and then, of course, they went to free trade, which allowed them to, what, move jobs somewhere else, which led to more people out of work. And the whole time, they keep telling us that they fixed it, and they fixed it, and they financial engineered it. The debt has gone from $5 trillion to $20 trillion. The homeless population, well, that's happened, is double. And it's doubled everywhere says that for New York, this is the highest that the homeless population has been since the Great Depression. Let's see, California, highest homeless population has been since the Great Depression. New York, the highest homeless population has been since the Great Depression. Seattle, the highest homeless population has been since the Great Depression. And the numbers, and this is everywhere. And you start to try to think about what is really happening. What have we had, 7,000 stores closed this year? I'm worried that next year is going to be even more than that. You think about the wages in this country, in New York anyway, They said in the last 12 years, wages are up 5% in 12 years. In the same period, rent is up 18%. That's just rent. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. you to know. Right, so homeless populations doubled. The amount of people falling out of the middle class doubled. The size of the national debt tripled. Right, this is all this in the last 15 years. The balance sheet of the Federal Reserve, it went from $700 billion to $4.5 trillion. Interest rates, they took them down to zero and left them there for almost a decade. And now the latest minute said, oh, we're kind of worried. Whoa, well, what are you worried about? Well, we're worried about the value of stock price. And we're worried that they're too high. 
and we're worried about the fact that there's not more volatility because really what they want is the, the VIX to go up so stocks will go down. But the VIX doesn't go, go, go up because no one actually believes anything the Federal Reserve actually says because they know that the Fed is, is really the one that created the bubble, so what are they going to do, break it, pop the bubble? They're not going to do that. Bubble's going to pop anyway. And and now you see, and if you go out to our website today, you'll see the, you know whether it's uh, Danielle DiMartino Booth or the really uh, the actual Fed minutes or all of these things that are out there. You can see for yourself all of the data that you've seen. It's not real. I wish it was. Wouldn't it be nice? How about new home sales came out today? Hit a, a high, the highest level since October of 2007. And I was thinking to myself, man, oh, October 2007, the bubble had popped a long time before that, it, especially here in Phoenix. But uh, it, it, it got to, they said, 685000 at an annual rate, uh, which was quite a bit higher than they were expecting. So the, the headline number looks pretty good. I'm not going to, you know, that's a good number. The highest since 07. Uh, unfortunately, most of the rest of the number was, by the way, 727 was the number in October of 07, which was, like I said, not a special time. It was coming way off the highs by then. Uh, the unexpected jump in new home sales due to the strength in the Northeast which is the smallest housing market, uh, we have to believe that sales are up 30% in the Northeast, 30.2%. Uh, pretty big number there, and maybe it's all the billionaires. <laughs> well, if you think about these tax cuts, I, if I lived in uh, most of these northeastern states, I'd be looking to move. If they, if they uh, don't allow you to write off your state and local taxes, I'd be looking to move. So I, I question it, but th- that is what the number is. So let me give you the median price. The median price actually fell uh, by 3.7% to $324,900. That is up 3.3%, however, from a year ago. So the number, the the home prices, you know, they've been tracking that 5% and 6% increase. Uh, now, now, at least on the new homes, down to 3.3%. Uh, I will say this, the average price, which is different. So the median price, how they come up with that is they take the, the, new, the, the newest home that sold for the least amount of money, the newest home that sold for the most amount of money, check them off. And then the second most, and the second, the second most expensive, the second least expensive, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, until they get and they run out and they get to the middle, three twenty four nine. That's the median price. That means half of the homes sold for less than three hundred twenty four thousand nine hundred. Half the homes sold for more than that. The average price, okay, and the average price is you add up the price of every home and divide it by the number of homes sold was over four hundred thousand. Which I believe, at least if uh, my numbers are right, and they may not be, but according to my numbers, that is a new all-time high. 
So the median price fell. However, the average price increased, which just says, you know, the billionaires buying the big houses. Uh, but I'm just thinking about, again, who can afford that? I mean, if the average American working, the average working family makes $30,000 or less, 70% of the country makes less than 50000 who can afford the price of these homes? And again, there's no inflation uh, unless you actually need to live, eat, you know, do any of those things. Uh, but 400000 was the average. The median price uh, was 325000 By the way, the sales were they went up the least, which I thought was really interesting, was where the hurricanes were in the south. Uh, Texas, Florida, you know, Georgia, Alabama, they, they were up the least. Uh, sales jumped, obviously, like I said, the most in the Northeast, followed by the Midwest, which is the uh, second smallest market. And then the West uh, the West and the South uh, were okay. The South was only up like 1%, and the West, I think, was up 3 or 4%. Uh, but that was the only piece of economic data that came out today. Uh, most people now really starting to focus in on the tax cuts and the rate hike. I mean, that's really what's dominating the news. Uh, people are getting a little worried about the rate hikes, uh, the the tax cuts. I don't know. You know, because I think about, okay, you know, no, you can't trust McCain. <laughs> we know that, right? We can't, you know, now flake, right? So the both Arizona senators, I would put in the yeah, I don't trust them category. Uh, if you are, not that there's that many, but there are a couple of senators from those the, the wrong states, like California and, and Oregon, you don't have any, but I think, I think New York's got one, right? And there's, there's a couple in those states where the taxes are going to go up if you don't have the salt deduction. And then uh, the senator from Maine, I mean, you know, they only could have two people say no. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Monday, again, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. No special today. We're working on something. Uh, We'll let you do your cyber shopping. Uh, When we get back to business tomorrow, Wendy and I are working on something. We'll uh, we'll keep you posted. Uh, It's going to be something I think you're really going to enjoy. I do want to point out this uh, on today's website. If you get a chance, so Rob Kirby was on uh, USA Watchdog, which we we love those guys. They do great stuff. We we post a lot of their interviews. Uh, we do also do a lot of, of Kirby stuff. We, he's on our website every month. Uh, he does a lot of really good research. He he talks a lot about uh, Bitcoin and Bit Gold, like they're gonna. Uh, go gold's going to go crypto, and and really what he meant by that is, hey, he sees the future where everything's going to trade with the blockchain technology. 
Uh, I don't know that it will or it won't. If he's right, it would be huge for gold. Huge. Because one of the things about blockchain is you can't have the, hey, I'm going to sell $4 billion worth of gold if you don't have it. Right, it, it it forces every right. It forces a level playing field, and I just can't imagine a world where the the bankers would give that playing field up. But he thinks it's going to happen. Uh, but if if you want to listen to it, it, it's almost an hour, uh, so it's too big, too long for us to to play on the air. But if you've got time, uh, and and like I said, I've always been, uh, and this is about Bitcoin. I'm a big believer in the technology. The blockchain technology is what is important in all of that. Uh, whether Bitcoin or any of these other coins, uh, you know, maintain their prestige or not, I I don't think they do because I think the Federal Reserves want to come in and with the electronic currencies and all that stuff. Uh, but the technology piece is really, uh, you know, it's the ultimate big brother thing. But it also would allow, or I guess it would end, the bank's abilities to manipulate markets. Uh, and, and at least Kirby thinks that's what's going to happen. I, I He's really good. So I, I have a hard time arguing that that won't be because he, he does really good work. Uh, but at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, if the if you take away their ability with all that dark money, you know, there's trillions and trillions of dollars. I think the last count they said twenty three trillion dollars worth of dark money out there. That's kind of you know made up money at these financial institutions' disposal in these quote unquote dark pools that they use to manipulate everything. And and with the technology on blockchain, that would take that ability away. Uh, I don't know. It's worth a listen. It's just one more thing to 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 think about when we talk about what's happening. Uh, and then right right below that, uh, there's a really good article about the Federal Reserve and the breakdown of the minutes. We talk, you know, I, I scratched the surface of it. Uh, if you want to pay attention to that as well, because really this is this is what they've created. How we get out of it. I don't think it's going to end very pretty. Patriot Radio News Hour. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, Enjoy your Cyber Monday. And we'll be back tomorrow. Take care.